Hey, this is Olympic champion Scott Hamilton, the real Scott Hamilton, reminding you to listen to the other Scott Hamilton show every day right here on ESPN Charleston because he's nearly as smart as the real Scott Hamilton, just not as good looking. ACC Coach of the Year, National Coach of the Year. He's two-time SEC Coach of the Year. Now he's an analyst for the ACC Network. It's our friend Mark Rick. Coach, welcome back. How are you, bub? I'm doing well. How are you? I, I am I am better than I deserve, Coach. I'm always grateful for your time and your perspective, and I hope everything's good with you and your family. Uh, I, I wanted to talk to you. I reached out to you. I wanted to talk about quarterback play, but given everything that's happened in the news over the last 24 hours, I – I would be remiss if I didn't pick your brain and your years of experience regarding this situation at Virginia. Um, in, in, in your career, longtime head coach, and then, of course, all the years you were an assistant coach, specifically under Bobby Bowden, did, did y'all – I know you didn't have anything comparable to this, but I'm sure you still dealt with tragedy. Can, can you give us a situation where you had to really work to galvanize the team and keep, keep them together during times of duress? Well, of course, 9-11 was my first year at Georgia. Uh, that was a devastating time for the entire world, really, and especially our country. And uh, there was a lot of uh, uncertainty, a lot of fear, a lot of, uh, a lot of things that had to be managed uh, personally and, of course, you know, throughout your staff and throughout your team. Uh, and uh, a lot of things you had no control over uh, and a lot of things you could control and try to manage things the best you could. We also had a young man who had a stroke during the time I was at Georgia and it was a devastating time for him and for the team. And, uh, but, uh, you you know, the thing about it is you learn as a head coach, you're, you're one phone call away from some kind of disaster that, will change everybody's life in a heartbeat and change everybody's perspective on what's what's truly important. We we get so involved in the game itself and it feels like life and death uh, to us sometimes as coaches and fans and players and but uh when when life when life and death is real, uh like it like it is in Virginia right now, it's uh all that football adversity goes by the wayside and um, you start start really understanding you know the football is is just a game and it's something we love to do but uh, it's nothing compared to you know human life and, and the horrible thing that happened in Virginia what what was it like for you I guess you were about 41 years old when, when 9/11 happened and again it was your first coaching job at Georgia. But what what was it like for you to have to shift roles from going and you know talking about proper blocking assignments and coverage techniques to to almost being a fatherly type figure for a lot of those guys? What was that scary right. for you? Well, um, I think it was scary for the whole country. Um, you know, there was every everybody was on high alert as far as you know possibly being targeted for some type of mass shooting or mass bombing or whatever it was. I mean, the opinion of most everybody was to shut things down until you could assess, you know, what was real and what wasn't real and 
you know, there's certain you know, there's risk in everything that you do in life. But uh, in the very beginning, it, it wasn't about X's and O's. It wasn't about playing a game that week. You know, it was about, you know, first of all, making decisions that would keep everybody as safe as possible. And then, uh, you know, begin to manage people's feelings toward what happened, too. How, how do you go about that? How, how do you manage people's feelings? I mean, I guess you have to have a rapport with them created well in advance, and I guess that starts yeah. during the recruiting process. Well, it does. And, you know, you talked about being a fatherly figure. I mean, over half the guys I coached, you know, came from fatherless homes. Uh, you know, I can't tell you how many times a player's mother would come to me or grandmother would come to me and say, I, I could teach my son a lot of things, but I can't teach him how to be a man. You know, can you can you do that for me, coach? You know, so it was a huge responsibility. I mean, guys that are leaving high school and going to college, are, a lot of them are still in the boyhood stage when it comes to responsibility and really understanding what it means to be a grown-up. And then, you know, by the time they leave, you want them to be in the manhood stage, someone who's ready to take care of business and, uh, you know, be the type of leader that, you know, he he would want to be in his home and his community and his business, whatever he ends up doing. So it's a much bigger job than just teaching football from, you know, whether there's a crisis or not. But then you add a crisis to it. And I think my way of thinking was, I was going to try to always treat the players as if, 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 as if it was my son. And that, that's how I, I would tell our assistant coaches, you know, when it comes to making decisions on these guys, if you have an expectation for your, your son to be a certain way academically or socially or whatever it might be, you know, have that same expectation for your player and, and let them know that you, you, you know, you're willing to love him enough to discipline him when he needs it and love him enough to be there for him when he's, when he's afraid or when he's going through a tough time. We're joined by Mark Rick. Follow him on Twitter at Mark Rick. Coach, just a few more minutes, please. And a lot of this is speculation right now. We're still getting details about what happened in Virginia, and we're not privy to what's been said in the athletic department or even what Tony Elliott has or hasn't said yet to his team. But – Given everything we do know that there have been three players killed, that two others are in the hospital, how how would you handle this going forward with regards to games? I mean, did, do you see yeah. them playing? Do you see them not playing? Do you reschedule? Uh, I'd be I'd be surprised if they play this week. I would think, there's my in my estimation, I think there's very little chance that there'd be a game this week. You know, you, you, there'd be a debate on whether you play the next week. I, I know, like when 9-11 hit, and, and this is different, I, I understand it's different, but but it, it was still a, a major crisis either way. And so uh, the initial reaction was to, you know, shut everything down and pay the respect of, of the monumental thing that just happened. You know, may, don't act like it didn't happen, so to speak, but... When it came to 9-11, uh, everybody realized that, you know, sooner or later, we got to go back to life. And, you know, when it, again, prefacing that this is about 9-11 that I'm talking about, we didn't want 
any other country or any other entity to think we're going to live in fear. You know, we had to live our lives. Now, when it comes to something like this, uh, you know, teammates being shot and killed, injured, all those types of things, you know, do you, you have to measure, you know, when, when do you try to go back to normal or the, or the new normal? You know, is, is it a week? Is it two weeks? Do you, do you cancel the season and, and wait, wait till, you know, next year to, to crank it up again? You know, I, I don't know um, what the right answer is, but between the head coach and the athletic director and the president of the university and, you know, uh, I mean, the president may just say, this is what we're going to do, and that's the end of it. But I would think there would be some conversation as to how to handle it and just, you know, prayerful consideration of what's the best action. But there's a lot of players that I'm sure are, are hurting in a very horrible way that need that need counseling, that need time to process. And, uh, you know, there's probably a lot of anger, and there's probably a lot of sadness. And, uh, you know, I don't know this is the type of situation where, you know, somehow somebody would want to strike revenge on somebody or a group of people. I mean, who knows what's really ha- what, why this thing happened. But um, there's a lot of things that have to be managed for sure. Coach, I'll leave you with this final thought, and I'm just about certain you're going to agree with me on this, that the only – the only saving grace in all this is that the people who are impacted outside the the families of these people who have been shot down is is that they have the greatest support system in the world, that being a locker room. And I've always said there's no more place that's inclusive. There's no more place that's supportive than a locker room. They don't care what color you are. They don't care where you're from, how much money you have, anything like that. There's nothing like a locker room. And that, that's what these players who are, who are left behind, they have going for them, that they have the best support system in the world. Well, I mean, they definitely have comrades in arms, so to speak, guys that they know and love and have fought with and bled with and, you know, done all the things that you do together as a team for sure. But but some hurts are deeper than anything uh, up here can help you with. Uh, Certainly someone to be there is is superbly important, but there may be some deeper things going on that, these guys need some true uh, professional counseling to get through it. He's Mark Rick, ACC Network. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark Rick. Coach, I appreciate you coming on, and I promise you, next time we bring you on, I'm hoping we're talking about football. Yeah, I hope so too. God bless everybody in this situation, and uh, it's not nothing's going to go back to normal anytime soon. But uh, I just pray for the community. Pray for the families. Amen, Coach. Appreciate you coming on, sir. Thank you, buddy. Uh, we'll see you. Bye right. As the great Mark Rick, follow him on Twitter, at Mark Rick. It's, it's an awful situation. I, I can't wrap my mind around it, what it must be like for these guys who are left behind. And then, of course, their families. The families are the ones who, are, who have been impacted so much as well. I, you don't want to think about playing ball. You don't want to think about sports. Oh, they're going to have to reschedule a game and all that. I mean, God almighty, that's way down the list of things that need to be considered. Just the impact. And that community. Think about what that community has been through. Mike Barber of the Richmond Times-Dispatch touched on it. How the, the Proud Boys marching and all that from a couple of years ago and people dying. And, uh, 
Man, they, and I forgot about the news crew. God help me. I'm sorry for that. The, that news crew in that area that was killed a few years ago. Then, of course, the shootings at Virginia Tech, I believe, 2007. Just awful. Terrible situation. Very wise words from Mark Rick. Follow him on Twitter at Mark Rick. Scott Hamilton Show on Monday. We'll be right back. 